So he says, for by one man's offense, death, disobedience, all those things reigned in men. People became moderate and adulterers and all of that. It says, therefore, they that receive the abundance of grace through the gift, we can say this, of righteousness shall reign in life. So righteousness is a gift. Righteousness is a state of being that now produces righteous acts. All right? It's a state of being that now produces righteous acts. So God says, here is how the access is going to be established. And this is what we've got to understand. So we need to understand the laws of justification and reconciliation. These are the first principles of our spiritual birth. And let me tell you what really happened to us. When we got saved, you know, the Spirit of God moved within our environment, created some form of pressure within our lives, got us to the place where we were convicted, all right, we had pressure in our lives and all of that, got a witness to come and witness to us, they preached the gospel to us, we got born again, and therefore we felt on the inside that we were now saved. But the truth about the matter is that what really happened, we didn't really understand. All right? The first principles of that experience, we didn't know it. The roots of what happened, we didn't know it. We just went on and said, we were born again and all of that. Sometimes we thought that now that we're born again, oh, we've changed. We've stopped smoking. We've stopped drinking. We've stopped doing certain things. And that's how people define that. And probably after some time, some of those motions began to come back. And both started wondering at the fact that what really is going on? What really is going on in my life? And let me just tell you something about your Christian work. God will give you what is called the first testimony, after which he will set you aside. So that self-confidence can die. Alright? Which means that you come out and everything, oh yeah, I'm down and everything is going on. But then from time, God sets you aside. He did it for Moses. He set him aside in the wilderness. He did it for David. He gave him a false testimony. He set him aside for some years to teach him, to give him the substance of those things. All right? He will set you aside. And when he sets you aside, he now wants to teach you. He wants to reveal to you what the first principles of it. I mean, men are getting born again. We're getting filled with the Holy Spirit. We're speaking in tongues. They didn't even know what was going on. God allowed all of that. And then he started bringing teachers like Paul that started explaining to them what really was happening. And then they started understanding it and then working with that. So the first principles of our spiritual birth is justification here. Without which, you can't even go on to the principles of growth and maturity. You can't go to the place of development. If we don't understand the basis of our acceptance before God, when things get rough on the outside, there is a tendency for us to think that God himself has changed towards us. Most of our spiritual development, we've said this, will come out of hard places, and therefore we needed to have this steady influence within our lives. So most of the development will come out of hard places, so it's important for us to understand clearly what it means to be justified. Now, we start with the teaching on justification. What does it mean to say that I have been justified by faith? Which means I believed something, and what I believed brought me to a place where I'm justified before God. Now, justification simply means, and this is the first thing that God did, he dealt with the issue of justification. 
Alright? Justification simply means that a person has been redeemed from the penalty of his sin. Which means that the penalty of his sins, that individual has been delivered from the penalty of his sin. Now, I'll give an example here. If somebody defrauds another person of one million naira, someone defrauds you of a million naira, you had a business deal with the person. And then what happened was that that person has now lost favor in your own eyes. Sometimes somebody shows up and wants to justify that person, which means that you do not have any legal right again to punish that person for his sin. The person comes to meet you and says, ah, maybe it's your cousin, and says, well, you know that your uh, friend that, um, that duped you of a million naira, he spoke to me about it, he feels very bad. He therefore decided to give me this one million that I should give it to you and also add 500,000 naira to it just to clear your heart. He gives you the one million, you take it, you collect the 500,000. Once you do that, you have no legal right again to punish that person for what he did. Do you understand this? That person has been justified from that sin. It's a legal term. Which means you can't go to court again and lay any claim because you have collected something that justifies that person. But this doesn't mean the character of the person has changed. Are you following what I'm saying here? Which means that if you have a hundred million naira deal and the person let's do business together, there will still be something inside your heart. That thing is called enmity. You understand this? Which means there's still a gap. There's still what's called a middle wall of partition. Between you and that person. Because even though he did that, and the way he went about it was so deep that you just cannot trust the person again. Alright? So justification doesn't touch the character of that person. Justification just pays the price for the character defect in that person. Are you following what I'm saying? So when the message of justification was preached... It was that Jesus has paid the price for all of your sins. So if you do anything that is wrong, and you go to God and your heart condemns you, and you go to God and confess that sin, what you are saying is that I put my faith in the blood of Jesus Christ before you, God, that Jesus' blood was worthy of delivering me from the penalty of this wrongdoing. So by putting faith in the blood of Jesus, you are released from the effect of that. But that doesn't change you. Are you following what I'm saying? Now if a man doesn't know justification, when he does anything wrong, he'll be waiting for the consequences of his sin. Are you following what I'm saying? Which means that if something goes wrong in his environment, you say, ah, ah. So Satan can play games. He cannot rebuke anything in his environment because he's carrying a sin consciousness on the inside. Do you get what I'm saying here? On the inside, there's that sense of weakness that, listen, you know, something will go wrong. Because he doesn't understand his justification. He doesn't feel that there's a clear channel between him and God that is undisturbed. So, he feels on the inside 
that I don't have direct access to God again like that. You understand? That's why when somebody is in trouble, then he says, can somebody else pray for me? What people are saying in effect is that you have your own channel to God intact. I'm not sure whether I have my own. Can you please use your channel to get some blessing to me? Do you understand what we're saying here? You must remember that people flocked into churches, we said back then, based on a sin consciousness. The Pentecostal movement is not flocking into a church on a sin consciousness, it's flocking into a church on a righteousness consciousness that gives you internal strength. Are you following what I'm saying here? That if you are going to call somebody for prayer there, you will say, let us agree together in prayer. For one, we'll put a thousand, and two, we'll put ten thousand. I can get it, but if you join your faith with mine, the manifestation will be faster. Not that God on the way here better, but they will put more power to bring a manifestation on the outside. Because they understand that our channels are there. The same way Daniel said, it took 21 days. What you are saying is that if two come together, all right, one will put a thousand, two will put ten thousand to flight. So what took him 21 days will be shortened because there are other people pushing. Do you understand this? So that's justification. So there's still a barrier, right? That middle wall of partition there. Unless the person goes further, and not only does that person pay the price for the sins of that person, he now goes further and does something that transforms that person into somebody else. And once that person is transformed into somebody else, then what happens is, then you know that I'm no longer dealing with you, that old man. I'm now dealing with somebody who is different. Now, the issue was justification paid the price. Reconciliation brought man back into harmony with God. Which meant that God reconciled man back to himself. And brought man back out of being a sinner and made him like God. Which means there was a reconciliation so that the Christian now is actually on the inside, has the nature of God on the inside, and he has been reconciled unto God. So God went further. And this is what righteousness is about. We'll see it. It's beyond just justifying, which is paying for your sins and your iniquity by the blood of Jesus Christ. It goes to the place of reconciliation. Look at Second um, Corinthians chapter five. Let's see this. Second Corinthians chapter five. Second Corinthians chapter five. And verse seventeen. It says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away, and all things have become new, and all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus and given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. So make known that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Not imputing their trespasses on them, but he has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now we as ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you, we pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. For he made him to be a sinner for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. So not only did he die for our sins, he now made us brand new creatures in Christ Jesus, in whom all things are passed away, and all things therefore have become new. 
And therefore, you are a brand new creature in Christ. You are no longer, you know, the sinner that was just forgiven, who is now leaning on the grace of God or on God's mercy. Now you are the righteousness. You are a new creature in Jesus Christ. All things inside you have passed away. All things have become new. Now, here is the issue here. The same way people can be healed totally by the stripes of Jesus from the crown of their head to the soles of their feet and can still be living in sickness because of the fact that they are not applying faith to the finished work of Jesus. A Christian also might not apply faith to the finished work that he is a brand new creature in Christ Jesus and therefore he still lives in sin or behaves in certain ways. So it's a question of now applying faith there, all right, knowing that you are a new creature right now in Jesus in whom all things have passed away and all things have become new. Now, let me just share this quickly. What God had to do in order to justify us. Because the problem that God had, or the challenge of God, was that God said, how do we justify the ungodly? The Bible says, blessed is the man that believeth in him that justifieth the ungodly. How do we justify a man that has sinned and we remain, God says, and I maintain my own righteousness. Alright? How do you... Now, God loved us so much that he wanted to help us. But God said, how do I help these people? What plan? How will I... I mean, just like me saying that there's somebody inside this church that I like. And then, you know, we have certain standards by which we do things inside the church. And then this person violently publicly breaks all of those standards and is glaring to everybody. And these are the standards by which we do things. So I tell myself, I'm just saying it because I love the person so much that I am trying to restore that person to that position. But the risk is, if I just do it anyhow, right? Because the Bible says a man's throne is established in righteousness. Once a leader doesn't show themselves to be fair in their dealings, chaos is going to happen. Alright? Once people feel that there's special interest or special group or special people, that is the end of governance. Are you following what I'm saying here? Now, you now want to help that person, but at the same time, you don't want to send a signal to everybody. You see, because if God said, alright, I want to save man that sinned, Satan too could have put up his hand. That which want to come back? Uh, do you understand what I'm saying here? Everybody that, you know, you could ever join the whole chaos could just break out in the whole place. So how was God going to produce this. And this is where you need to understand the plan of salvation and what happened. Because it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a legal thing. I mean, God could have come from heaven to save us and stood on the mountain and brought out light beams with fire and said, I am Jesus. Bow down to me. Everybody will bow down. Whether you like it or not. You say, you say is there any other thing can we do? Why did he come in a manger. Why did he come through all of that? Because he was following the legal framework through which salvation could come. And that's why when I started studying this, I realized that societies that are civilized, the rule of law is paramount. They do things... Look, look, listen to what I'm saying here. Alright? And I'm I'm playing some television because people will be angry. But let me say this. You know, somebody was, was telling me, you have to understand, that's why when you are dealing, you must know the rule of law. Or else you can miss out on something. Alright? In fact, 
somebody can do something wrong if you don't go according to the rule of law. It's just like it's just like somebody comes now and takes your okay, stays in your house that you are the owner of the house, and you don't go to court. You just enter the house. You are mad. Look at the papers of my house. This is my father's house. He gave it to me. Will you get out? Then you take a whip and start beating. In an uncivilized society, you can get away. They say, beat them. Beat them. But where there is rule of law, you might lose that house by flogging somebody for 30 years. You understand what I'm saying? So you'll find in civilized people, they can be arguing. You don't just punch anybody. You can be arguing. Like, I'm telling you, you're mad, but you know you don't touch. It's here that people can just punch because you can go to pre- They can count cases about eight things that are wrong with that punch that you look at 31 years in prison. <laughs> I, I, I mean, now, now uh, let me just give you that. I mean, when the, when the uh, um, blacks were coming, someone asked me, he said, how come when we did 50 acres anymore, when the whites go to America, they get, I said, what happened to the black? I said, it, it was law. When the whites were coming from England, they said, if we are going there, we must sign a contract. Rule of law, you can't move without signing. What will be the outcome? Put it on pen and paper, and they sign. When the blacks were they knew nothing about law. And because they knew they didn't know the law, they were just using them. Are you, you understand what I'm saying? They were just using them. So in spiritual things, if you don't know spiritual laws, if you don't understand the framework by which things happen, right? You will just enter. I mean, this is what I want to say. I mean, we might be angry, but but it's right. You know, when they, when they close down and they say they open them, eh? and people are angry. The minister said, "Listen, according to the, I mean, I don't, I didn't like it, but he said according to the law." Of aviation globally. If somebody's plane crashes, you isolate that plane. You have no right to close down the airline. It's the law. It is the law of the land. So they can take you to court and win. So women will be angry and say, I don't like what's going on. But what she said is the law. She herself might want to close them, but they show that the law and there's nothing she can do. But you can come and say, How can you do that? This means you're mad, you're stupid. That is barbaric. Things you do things according to what law. So if you want to shut them down, you leave the crash and go and look for something else in the law that states that shut them down. You bring that out and say we are shutting you down. Do you understand what I'm saying? Here? That's why when they want to take people off, when they know somebody is a drug lord in America, they can't catch the drugs with them. They just wait for them. They follow them everywhere. They can break traffic light offense. They catch them. On that, they enter the car, check if they find one gun, they'll say, impose it. That's what they'll do. Then they'll go and check the highest punishment that they can give you. 32 years, take him off the streets. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? It's here that we feel when you're in power, you can do and do. And we are moving there in this country. We are getting to the place where the rule of law will start coming out. Are you following what I'm saying? That's what uh, Governor Fashola is trying to do. That you find Cornell driving, he said, This is the rule of law. And once a society starts growing in the rule of law, they start getting more civilized. So, when you are dealing with spiritual things, you must know the legal framework. If you know the law upon which Jesus died for you, there is no generational cause. The blood caught it. There is no, listen to me, if you understand what he did when he said, I justified you. When he said you are a new creature in Christ in whom all things have passed away. And what don't understand it? Then you ask people, alright, you've been going for fasting and prayer. At what point does it break? How do you know it's broken? At what point? You go and check to find whether it's still there. 
it's still there, then you come back again for more prayer. At what point? Do you understand what I'm saying? So if you want your prayer, you know, look, smart spiritual people, they will offer prayer in a way that you won't even know what's happening. You'll just be hanging. You, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, you understand, you go and walk in a place, you know spiritual laws. First of all, prayer be offered for kings, queens, those who are in authority there. You do that while you are walking. No politics can touch you because you will live a quiet and a peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. They came to Daniel and said, I know the law of the land. Before you, king, have done no evil. He said, before God, he said, nothing, these, these animals will obey the spiritual law. Now let me just go. So how did God was going to do it? God said, we're going to save man. And at the same time, maintain a consciousness of the fact that there is justice and righteousness. And is this understanding that a lot of people that entered righteous message just went with sin. And you understand the voice of the conscience. So I'm teaching like so you wake up. Alright? Because if we're going to get into deep things, you have to wake up. The days of it is happening tomorrow is happening. You understand what I'm saying? Are you following what I'm saying? There are some laws. If you go to if if you please, if you if if you know, people say that come for prayer. Say children are going to school tomorrow, Abi. Abi, please come for prayer today. Look, the most powerful words that can be spoken over a child is what the father says, not the pastor. Did you see the people carry their children, Jews, to the priest? Isn't it Abraham that blessed Isaac? Isn't it Isaac that pronounced? Is it a priest that came to do it? It is a law. Even if a pastor prays and the father says otherwise, is what the father says that holds according to the law. Are you following what I'm saying? So Satan just plays us, we do all the things, religious things on the outside, but the as they say the cocoa. <laughs> we fail there. Jesus said, You are majoring or minor, and minoring on major. Didn't it tell law that the way a husband treats the wife can affect the prayer ascending? So all you have to do, you can go for any prayer you want to pray. He just says at home. Makes the woman provokes you. You are mad. You are stupid. So you have to God. The law states. <laughs> you will learn the 17 principles of how to apply for manifestation. You apply everything. The law states. Hey man, I'm, going, I'm done again. I'm married. The law states, honor thy father and thy mother that you might live long on the earth and it might be well. No matter what you know, if you don't honor your father, it can't be well. There's nothing you want to practice again. He said, for this is the first commandment with... And if you understand law, when they say first, it means nothing else can happen without this one. That's what it means. That's what they're saying. Not that they don't just say numerically, we said it first. Now, let me just quickly. So what do you got to do? Let me just give you an idea here. Romans chapter 7. Let's close with it. Now it tells us, know ye therefore. Uh, please understand this about the love of God. The love of God functions according to its nature and not according to the quality of the object. So God is love. The reason why he loves you is not because of how nice you look, but because he is love. Do you understand? You understand this? When we do what, another kind of love, all right, is you look at somebody and say, I fell in love. That's not what God is saying. Which means you saw something in somebody that drew you to that person. God says, listen, I am love. Even if the person is coming like, I, I, I will kill you, you say, I am love. He cannot become hate. 
Even if you are throwing spears at God, he is what? Love. So his disposition towards you is based on who he is. Therefore, you must never look for anything that you are doing yourself to give it as the reason why God loves you. And the Bible says we can keep the greatest commandment, which is love thy neighbor because he first loved us. So it's when you accept the love of God that you are transformed by that love. And then, and the Bible says, we can love because he first. Therefore, the secret to this thing is when you even feel unworthy, you know that he loves you and he will still bless you. Not that you're unworthy, you feel it. Do you get what I'm saying? Seven, now we close. Now, knowing therefore, brethren, if I speak to them that know the law, how that the law hath dominion over a man as long as he lives. So Paul was using the law to teach them this. For the woman that hath an husband is bound by law to her husband so long as he liveth. But if that husband die, be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. Alright? Now, this is the law. So this is, this is not uh, the dispensation of grace. This is the law. When people are married in God, you are married. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah? When you are married, you are married. So you are one creature. So you didn't marry because of the law of the land. Once you are married, your hearts are knit together. If you tear it apart, both of you will bleed. It's not because of any law. No two people can divorce without some two of them bleeding. They can smile on that, but inside they are bleeding. You hemorrhage, you can stop after some time, but you bleed and disguise will be there. You get what I'm saying? I can heal you, but you will bleed for that season. Alright? Now, so then, if while a husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. So, God says, you know, this is the law. But if the husband be dead, she's free from that law, so she's no longer an adulteress, though she be married to another. Wherefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law by the body of Christ that you can be married. So God says, listen, here's the issue. In the garden, what happened was that you left me, you divorced me, I brought you, we were together. You said you found somebody else who came to lie to you and showed you, like a man showing you all kinds of things. You follow only to find out it's a trap. So he showed you shall be as God's man followed Satan and he got into bondage. But he signed a law of marriage with Satan. So he now comes out, God, God, come and save me. God says, listen, here is the law, I can't break it. If you are married to a man, so long as the man is alive, you are bound by law to that man. If I come and marry you and entice you, I'm, a, I'm an adulterer. Alright? So I can't break the law. So let us wait for the man you are married to to die. <laughs> now, unfortunately, inside the Bible, it says, heaven and earth shall pass away but not one judge from the law. So the law will be there forever. So you have a husband that is, will live longer than Methuselah. I will leave, I'll leave you. So God says, we have a problem here. This man is not dying. <laughs> and you are in bondage. All right? He says, so I have an idea. He said, I'm going to think outside the box now. He said, the law is if this man dies, you are free. But the law really says if one of you dies, the other is free. So what I'm going to do is kill you. <laughs> that I will go to the cross, you will die. Once you die, I will raise somebody else that is not connected to that man and then we will be married. Now, unfortunately for the law, the law says that the wages of sin is death. So the law itself had mandated that this wife must die. So God said we follow the law in order to redeem you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, so we need to understand this. 
That everything has a legal frame. Some things you're believing God for has a legal framework for it to happen. It's not I shan't agree. I won't agree. I won't agree. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for your word. And by the power of the Spirit, we ask that you establish us in this truth.